The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, it was brought in to discourage the kind of bulk buying that saw investment funds snapping up apartment blocks and uh, housing estates. But has the higher stamp duty, had that, uh, has that had the desired effect? Well, I'm joined now by Social Democrats TD for Dublin Bay North, party housing spokesperson, uh, Keno Callan. Keen, good morning. Good morning, Pat. So what are the numbers telling us about uh, whether or not this 10% stamp duty was a deterrent? Uh, what the numbers have shown so far is that it hasn't worked as a deterrent, that there's been 180 million uh, euro spent buying homes uh, despite the higher uh, stamp duty levy being brought in and that property investors are, you know, not only are they willing to, to pay that 10% stamp duty, but on average they're paying about 32,000 euro per house to, to both buy up homes. So as a measure, it, it hasn't uh, it hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. And how how did those numbers compare, though, with the rate of bulk buying by the investment funds before the measure? Yeah, I don't have a, an analysis of that uh, to hand. Uh, but what we are seeing is a considerable amount of homes still being uh, bought bulk by investors, uh, despite the 10% uh, stamp duty rate. What is your understanding of why they're willing to pay 10% more than the open market price uh, given, you know, they have to pay the extra stamp duty. Yeah, and, and I think the issue here is that, you know, this has the effect of pushing up prices and makes it harder then for, you know, other buyers and individual buyers and first-time buyers who are competing then with these uh, investors. Look, look, one of the things that is definitely driving this and continuing to drive this is the kind of long-term leasing deals that investors can get if they both buy up a number of homes. They can get a very lucrative long-term leasing deal with a local authority to provide uh, social homes. Uh, so so let, me, let, let me get this straight. What's happening is that these funds are buying up multiple properties, be they uh, portions of uh, housing estates or entire apartment blocks, and then they are leasing them in a long-term lease to the local authorities. Yeah, and a number of the investors are, are just buying up individual houses in different housing states, but creating portfolios and then doing long-term leasing deals on it. And the effect of the long-term leasing deal is they know that they will get their entire investment paid back over a period of, let's say, about 20 years. So it's a, you know, it's a foolproof uh, investment model. And then they will own the asset, they own the home at the end of that process as well, having had it paid, paid back for them by the local mm-hmm. authority. So it's an exceptionally good deal for an investor, which is why uh, investors are still willing to pay over the odds, pay this extra uh, 10%. And we've seen some reporting of uh, some really off-the-wall uh, figures for individual homes that have been bought uh, by uh, investors in housing states. So uh, that model, you know, it is a very problematic model. It's it's one arm of the state, understandably trying to get more social homes in place, but then undermining other arms of the state, which are trying to make you know more housing available for people and, and affordable. And really, what what is needed here is much more. Uh, building of, of social homes yeah. by local, I mean, local but that, authorities. That, that takes longer. I'm just wondering why the local authorities themselves don't do what these investment funds are, are doing because presumably local authorities could get, um, you know, they could borrow money if the minister allows them at very preferential ECB rates and um, do, do the buying themselves and instead of paying a cuckoo fund or an investment fund, pay the ECB over 20 years and then the council owns the property at the end of the, the, the time. Why is that not happening? Yeah, well, I mean, you're, you're right. The, the best interest rates available for buying housing is to local authorities. They can 
or with a lower rate than anyone else because they're low they're you know low risk they're not going to default on their loans and it would be better if they were uh, rather than leasing it'd be better if they were purchasing and having you know long-term uh, ownership uh, over homes would be better again if they're increasing you know, supply by building new supply you're right it does take it does take time but ultimately if we don't get a you know more supply being built and that additional supply we're not getting that added benefit from social homes i mean a social home should benefit the person or the family going into it but it's also the wider benefit for everyone else in the housing system by having a calming effect on you know house prices or, or rents we should get that double benefit from it now, which well, if it's additional supply we, we would be getting just to understand the way this works so if the local authority then uh, leases uh, a house or a number of houses or apartments from one of these investment funds um who is responsible for you know looking after it making sure the rent is paid uh, making sure the upkeep is maintained and all of that that i presume is the local authority is it yeah yes it is and then you know as part of the deal they will then renovate the property for the the owner at the end of the the lease period so they have to hand the property back in ship shape uh, having spent all this money and taxpayers money in rent to these investment funds for 20 years they then have to refurbish the property if it's been trashed or even if it hasn't it's got to be given back like new at the end of the process yeah, and there, there will be wear and tear in, in, in any uh, property over a period of 20 years. So that is what happens. There possibly would be the, you know, in, in some circumstances, they might be looking to renew these leases after 20 years and then effectively paying the price of the, the house again a, a second time. So, you know, and, and if they don't do that, they're going to be left with a, a cliff edge. Well, of, you know, here's here's social housing tenants and where do we put them? And So they might be over a barrel by these uh, investment funds will say, yeah, we'll roll it over, but the rent goes up. Yeah, so look, it's it's it obviously meets a short term, you know, a short term housing need. There's no question about that. It's better, yes, it's better than doing nothing. But is it a good way to be doing things? Absolutely not, because for the same sort of investment, we could be building additional housing, getting people into those additional houses owning them in the long term it's better value for money better security for the social housing tenants and it's better for everybody else because rather than the state competing for a limited supply pushing up prices Mm. making it harder for first-time buyers you're creating that additional supply that is actually indirectly helping first-time buyers indirectly helping other other renters you know Um, and that that is that that is what's what has worked well actually in the past in ireland is that you know the state creating that additional supply and indeed in other countries Uh, and if we could get mm. back to more of that you know we would have less pressure on on the whole housing system now i'm trying to get inside the mind of a a developer who would have a housing estate for sale and uh, you were saying that it pushes up the price for the ordinary punter but i'm not so sure if you take a house that costs three hundred thousand. Okay, and that's its open market price. And then your cuckoo fund comes in and they have to pay 30 grand to the revenue commissioners in stamp duty. That brings the price up to 330 grand. A private purchaser comes in and if they manage to buy it, they pay 1%. So they pay 3,000. So their price is uh, 303,000 to the developer. So the developer can say, well, there's a bit of slack in there. I can still pay money to, uh, I can still sell to a private person. The market price is 300,000, but, you know, I, that's all I'm getting from the cuckoo. 
but I can actually charge maybe 310 to the private and they still perceive they have a bargain. Yeah, I, I think if, if these leasing deals weren't so lucrative, you know, a 10% stamp duty rate might actually be quite an effective measure. The problem is that these deals are so attractive as it's not having that uh, kind of effect. And this isn't just purchases in, I suppose, with new build homes. This is happening where investors are buying up second-hand homes and uh, building up portfolios uh, of them. And that does have a, a knock-on impact on prices. But we had, uh, you know, the... the you know, the Institute of uh, Valuers, for example, has been saying about these leasing deals, is saying that, look, if the government or the state or the local authorities were getting discounts of about 50% or 60% of the, you know, the full market uh, rents, then they might be driving a, a decent, uh, you know, a decent deal for the, for the state here. But because they're paying, you know, up to 90, 95% of the, the full market uh, rent on this, and it's a guaranteed uh, rent for you know a period of twenty years, or whatever. That they're really driving a very bad uh, deal. So look, that is an aspect of the, of this as well. You know, they're not even you know driving the kind of value for money that if you were you know if you if you did think this was a good approach that that they should be driving. Yeah, there are so many elements to housing policy, uh, all interlinked. I mean, if for example you look at any of the estates that are being built, the apartment blocks around where I live, they're all for rent. Um, so if you wanted to buy an apartment, if you wanted to downsize, for instance, there's nothing for sale. So why would you then become, for the rest of your life, a renter watching your capital deplete, having sold uh, your house to make room for a young family, for instance? You watch your capital deplete as you pay rent for the rest of your life to somebody when you could have afforded to buy an apartment, except <laughs> the local authority and the, the planning board have allowed this kind of thing to escalate. Yeah, well, I certainly have a lot of people would, would say similar to me. They'd say that they're in a you know a larger family home that meets their needs. Years ago, they would actually be quite happy to move to a smaller apartment, not so far from the locality, but that there aren't the, the apartments that go up aren't actually available for sale. They're all available for rent. And exactly uh, the point you were making that they don't want to go from the security of owning their home to you know paying rent and the insecurity of that for the next 10, 20 years or, or whatever period. And so having that, you know, the... The lack of supply of apartments that people can actually buy to give people other options, that is a, a problem. It does mean then that some people who would change the size of their home don't have that as an option. And we've seen what's, what's been happening over the last number of years is while the supply of housing is going up, the proportion of those that are actually available for people to buy uh, in any age group is, is decreasing all the time. So 20 years ago, about two thirds of new housing was available for people to buy and last year was just about 28%. All the rest was either built rent or institutional uh, investors or, you know, leasing or social housing. And so that, that, is a, that is a problem if we keep on building, if most of what we build isn't available for people to buy, home ownership levels will continue to decrease. And there's a whole load of destabilizing effects that, that come with that. You know, whether we like it or not, very much in Ireland, we built, our whole system is, is built on a large amount of home ownership. Uh, the way pensions are structured, all of these, our welfare state really is, is structured around a large amount of home ownership. So if yeah. that continues to decrease, it, it creates knock-on problems in other areas. Cian, thank you very much for joining us. Keen O'Callan is Social Democrats TD for Dublin Bay North and his party's uh, spokesman on housing. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.